Ladies and gentlemen, today I'm talking to Dr. Aaron Horshig, who is a strength and conditioning coach and also a physical therapist and the founder of Squat University. Aaron, can you give us a brief description of Squat University and what it's all about? Yeah, so Squat University is basically my outreach as a physical therapist and strength and conditioning coach to the world, basically to help give as much free information as possible to any single person that would walk into a weight room to help you move with better technique, decrease your body's aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. My goal is to help people um, you know, improve the way that they move because often in today's very production-driven society, we're just so geared on having a bigger squat, moving bigger weights, setting that next record. We don't often think about how well we're moving. And I think when you improve the way you're moving and you have better looking technique and adherence to making every single rep looking great, you're going to not only squat more weight eventually, but you're also going to decrease your body's aches and pains that every single person that walks in the weight room has. You know, we're such a production-driven society that often we don't take a step back and, you know, reprioritize the way in which we're looking at movements like the squat. It's the cornerstone of our foundational movement patterns. And I think when you can squat with better technique, uh, a lot of other things are going to play out well. So really, Squat University started basically just out of my desire to help other people move better, hit big weights, but with great looking technique and not have pain while they're in the weight room. And I've been trying to do so since uh, 2015. Awesome. Fantastic. So I'm just going to go through some uh, questions with regards to squatting. So some of the myths that I've heard, uh, the first one being, um, is, you know, sort of, is it okay for your knees to go past your toes when you're squatting? I'm sure that's a common one that you get a lot. It is definitely okay for your knees to go past your toes. It is all about when that occurs that actually is the big thing to focus on. Too often, I think this myth sort of probably started with good intentions. You had someone that was probably not squatting with a very balanced technique, maybe their knees hurt, and someone said, hey, don't let your knees go past your toes. Now, instantly, they squatted down, they look a little bit more balanced, they didn't have pain in their knees, and they said, aha, we fixed the problem. But in, ha- in fact, all you did was sort of manipulate and put a Band-Aid on it, but really the cue you gave was not the final solution. Because if you were to look at any Olympic weightlifting meet across the world, there's millions of athletes that compete in Olympic weightlifting. Every single person that catches a snatch or a clean in a bottom position has their knees going past their toes. And yet they're not leaving that Olympic weightlifting competition with a walker or a wheelchair because their knees are just so damaged. You know, I think the big thing people need to understand is the knees can definitely pass the toes. It's about when it occurs. Every single squat should start with the hips. And then from there, it's just about staying balanced and keeping the body, you know, moving well with the center of gravity over your midfoot. And I think as long as you stay balanced and your squat starts with your hips, I think you're going to see people, uh, depending on their level of ankle mobility or just their anatomy, how different their lever lengths are, their torso lever, um, you know, length compared to their femur length. You're going to see differences in how the bottom position looks. But it is not a bad thing for some people to have that knees over toes position as long as they're balanced. So I think that's the big thing people need to understand. Cool. And how do you uh, address people's concerns when they ask you if squats are bad for their knees? I think, uh, you know what's bad for your knees? Sitting all day at work and going home and not doing any form of exercise. That's what's bad for your knees. Those are the people that get the knee replacements at 65, 70 years old. You know, I think any exercise done improperly with poor loads 
can create damage to the body. So if you are uh, benching with bad technique in inappropriate loads like maxing out every day, it's not going to be good for your shoulders. Same goes with squatting. Squatting when done properly with good technique and with proper periodization, meaning you have heavy days, you have light days, you have medium intensity days, you have a lot of volume days, you have little volume days. When you have fluctuations in periodization and you have uh, <clears throat> good quality technique, a uh, squat can be a great exercise for anyone and it can be something that you should be able to do for the rest of your life. Fantastic. And with regards to squats and looking at uh, squat depth, are there uh, benefits to different sort of depths of a squat and how would someone go about finding their ideal depth? I think the big thing to understand with depth is that you always want to squat to a depth that you can perform with great looking technique. And depending on your level of mobility and your anatomy, let's say someone has very shallow hip sockets. They're just meant to squat very deep. Those are often the guys that become very good Olympic weightlifters. You have some people that have very deep hip sockets and maybe a little bit uh, limitations in, in ankle mobility. Their squat's going to look very different. They're going to have a much higher squat. I think most people should be able to at least do a parallel depth squat. But then on top of that, I think your depth of squat is going to be something that you have to find. It's going to be variable based on your level of mobility and anatomy. Um, I do think anatomy is probably the one thing that we can't necessarily change. So level of mobility is something that often can be modified with different exercises. For example, if someone wants to squat deeper, they can try something very simple, uh, simple called a five-inch wall test. You're going to squat down by a wall. You're going to put your hand about a fist plus an extended thumb away from that wall. That's where you line your foot up. Try to drive your knee over your toe. Can you get your knee to touch the wall without your heel popping off the ground? That's roughly five inches or 12 and a half centimeters, I think. Now, if you cannot touch that, that shows that you have limitations in ankle mobility. And by improving ankle mobility with different things like banded joint mobilizations, uh, stretches for the calf, uh, foam rolling for the calf, and seeing changes in that actual test, that should carry over to improved depth. Because in order to squat deeper, you need greater ankle mobility, which allows your knee to go further forward, but your hips can then drop a little bit further down to the ground with your chest remaining upright so you're not pancaking completely flat. So that's one thing that people can really find greater improvements in depth is really focusing on ankle mobility. Fantastic. And also with regards to sort of uh, looking at someone's squat and making adjustments, could you explain what a butt wink is and yeah. is that a good or a bad thing? So butt wink, if you were to watch someone from the side and they're squatting down, they're going to start with their pelvis usually in a roughly neutral position, meaning that their low back is flat and connected with their back. Everything's nice and aligned. But as they squat down, all of a sudden their pelvis tips underneath their body. It's sort of their low back and pelvis round underneath the body. And it's sort of this winking action because it occurs on the descent at the very bottom. And then once they come back up, it realigns, the pelvis comes back into a neutral position, and then the body comes back up. So that winking motion, it's not just the pelvis, but actually the lumbar spine, L4, L5, L5, S1 segments that are actually flexing. So they're bending under load. Now, it is a bad thing if this occurs with a lot of repetition and or under a lot of load. So your spine is a very movable, bending uh, object, almost like a fishing rod. But inherently, when we load it, we want it to become instantaneously stable. 
your spine ends up finding injury when it is moved under load. So if you do a lot of squatting and that butt wink is happening a lot, what that's doing is it's moving your spine under load, and that's often a recipe for eventual injury. Now, everyone's backs are a little bit different. Some people, like a, a branch of a willow tree, you can bend their spine all, all day long, and it's going to be very bendy. Other people's, it's like a hard branch to where you do a couple bends, and eventually it breaks a little bit. Well, the common mechanism, regardless of what type of spine you have, is moving the spine under load. So if we know that mechanism, we want to try to avoid it no matter who you are if you're trying to do a lot of squatting. So um, that's the big thing of what it is and what it can do. Eventually down the road, it could create things like a disc bulge. Mm -hmm. So when we're doing a squat, we want to try to maintain the alignment of our back and pelvis in a very deep position. We don't want to allow that butt wink. So you can do different things to modify like your stance sometimes, going a little bit wider or a little bit more narrow, or sometimes looking at ankle mobility can be very helpful because those things can change how that pelvis is moving and interacting with the rest of the movement and the rest of the body. Great stuff. And my last question for you is, mm -hmm. how would someone go about like sort of uh, setting up with a squat. So if someone had uh, like shorter legs or longer legs, mm -hmm. would it be prudent for them to play around with sort of foot positioning and width of stance? Yeah, I'll say for most people, you're going to want to start with about a shoulder width stance. But really, it doesn't really matter depending on how long your legs are. Everyone's going to be very different depending on uh, many factors as far as what stance width they're most comfortable with. I'll say ideally, we want to see a squat stance where your toes are relatively forward, meaning about a 7 to 12 degree toe out angle. So not 100% straight forward, but also not turned out like a duck. For most people, that's an ideal stance that we want to take when squatting. But again, when it comes to stance width, you're going to play around with it and find sort of what works best for your body to allow you to squat to at least a parallel depth, if not further, without having that butt wink and maintaining optimal technique. Awesome. That's great. That's one of my questions. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> Perfect. I really yeah, appreciate it. Well. That's great. Yeah.